0: I'm on. to we'll spend a little bit of time together in God's Word this morning. Wanted to be sure that we had uh, something uh, of a sermon this morning so that as we meet together in our life groups this week, uh, there's some... Material that we've gone over together first, and we want to continue in this series in Romans as well. Uh, Ron just reminded me um, that, that an email that came out to some people who are maybe individually supporting uh, our missionary, Mandy Roger, and maybe uh, not to everybody, uh, it was just an update on, on Mandy as she continues to serve. Mandy, of course, was a part of our church for some time and now has gone to serve full-time in Romania. Um, and, uh, and some of you got word this week. Um, and have been praying for her, would ask you to continue to pray. Uh, she's been not well for about four weeks, um, and uh, they're trying to determine uh, exactly what that is, consulting with doctors here in the States, uh, and then she was supposed to get some more blood work to, one of the s- things that they're suspecting is possible carbon monoxide poisoning, um, and so they're, they're supposed to get blood work done at the end of last week, Something happened now that's not going to happen until Monday. But she's kind of being cared for uh, by another one of her teammates on the city team there uh, in Bucharest. So just be praying that uh, God would sustain her health and that they'd find answers really quick. Pray for her parents, too. Uh, If you're a parent, you know uh, that with your kids, you just want to take it from them. And you want to be there with them at least to comfort them. And when you're separated by thousands of miles, that's not possible. So so pray for her parents as well um, as they want to love and care for her, but are unable to in many physical ways. So um, let's just pray really quick now, and we'll get to Romans chapter 7. God, we do uh, just lift up Mandy, uh, knowing that she is yours, knowing that she is doing what you've called her to do, knowing that she is seeking to be faithful, and knowing that all of the health that you've given her, there was a lot of, uh, just in the past couple years as she was getting prepared to leave, so many things with her health that improved. Uh, So What a great gift from you that is, and now uh, with this, her feeling uh, really weak um, all the time and not well. God, I pray that you would, um, for the sake of your name and for her good, that you would bring healing to her. Uh, Perhaps even before all the blood work comes back and they figure out what's going on, or maybe through the work of doctors there, working in conjunction with doctors here, just pray that you would provide for her every need. Thank you that she's not there alone that she's there with the team, and I pray that you would give them wisdom as they uh, care for her, give them compassion, uh, and and just pray that uh, the work that, that is being done there uh, would be able to continue um, even with uh, the health challenges that exist. So uh, so heal her uh, for your name's sake, in Jesus' name, amen. We're in Romans chapter 7. We're just going to do a little intro to this chapter. Um, uh, we're going to look more at it next week and then the following week, uh, so two weeks from today, Keith Knight will be here to preach, but he'll also uh, be preaching from uh, the book of Romans, and he'll do just that next passage to finish out Romans 7 in two weeks. So uh, notice in your bulletin there is a outline and a sermon um, notes page as well, along with the application guide or the life group guide. Uh, a lot of the application, a lot of times I try and make, make the sermon help us to understand what God's Word says and then spend some time doing application. Today, very little application. That's what I'm kind of cutting out, I guess, uh, and letting you do that in your life groups. If you're not in a life group or your group's not meeting this week, I'd encourage you to go through the application guide or the life group guide anyway on your own. Uh, but go ahead and turn there now. if you If you have that, if you're in... The book of Romans, we're going to turn to chapter 7. We just finished chapter 6 last week. Uh, The big question that would have been in the minds of the Jewish Christians to whom Paul was writing by the time he gets here would be the question, what about the law? We've gone through chapter 6 and heard such good news. The the big question in chapter 6 really was, why shouldn't we just keep on sinning? And Paul's answer was, well, well, you've been set free from sin. You're united with Christ by faith. You're different people now, so we don't just keep sinning. But there was a verse in the middle of chapter 6 that I went over relatively quickly um, that I think would have been a, a, a big stopping point had I been somebody originally reading the book of Romans or the letter of Romans, right? Uh, and that was Romans chapter 6, verse 14, where Paul makes this comment. For sin will have no dominion over you. We talked a lot about that. But I didn't really talk a lot about the last half of the verse where it says, since you are not under law, but under grace. Somebody who had grown up in the Jewish faith and had now turned to Christ would have heard that and say, hold on, what do you mean by that, Paul? That we're not under the law anymore? And they might have had questions that would have been like, well, if we're not under the law, isn't sin just going to run rampant? Like, if we're not under the law, isn't everybody just going to do whatever they want to do? And so a lot of questions would have been raised about the law. For those that were Christians now, they would wonder, so are we still bound to the law as Christians? Like, is that, is that still something for us? Or is it, was, it, was it bad? Was the law bad? What, what's the deal with the law now that I'm a Christian? Would have been a question. That people have. Just so you know, we're going to be talking a lot about the law for the next three weeks. Um, And and when I talk about law, when Paul's talking about law, here's what he's referring to. God's law given to God's people through Moses as laid out in the Old Testament and summarized by the Ten Commandments. So rather than saying all that every time, Paul just uses the word law. People in that day would have known what he was referring to. He's not referring to the Constitution of the United States He's not referring to some code in the state of Iowa. He's referring to God's law given to God's people through Moses, laid out in the Old Testament, summarized uh, in the Ten Commandments. So if you want to quickly think about what's he mean when he says the law, just think think Ten Commandments. That might be the easiest way for you to just kind of think about it. It's a little more than that, but that's a helpful way maybe for you to think about it. So we're going to look at Romans chapter 7, verses 1 through 6. And as we normally do, uh, you could please stand as we read god 's word together this morning let 's just pray together really briefly and then and then jump right into it Father, what a gift that your word has been that that, that your people were inspired to write your word so that we might know uh, more of who you are and and what your intentions and your plans are. Thank you for the letter that paul wrote to the romans specifically thank you for your holy spirit who dwells in us to help us to see um, the gospel to see the good news of jesus christ as we read god's word and i pray that that would happen even now in jesus name amen romans chapter 7 1 through 6 this is the word of god or do you not know brothers for i'm speaking to those who know the law in the new way of the Spirit, and not in the old way of the written code. You can be seated. We're going to go through 1 through 3 really quickly. The law is not binding if you've died. That's the main principle that we see in verses 1 through 3. Okay, Really, verse 1 is sharing the principle, and verses 2 and 3 are illustrating it. Kay? And the principle is really quite simple. The law is binding on a person only as long as he lives. Kay? The law is binding on a person only as long as he lives. Once somebody's dead, they're no longer bound to the law. Right? So, so we all who are living here in the United States have to pay taxes. This is a quick example. Right. Th- that's the law, that we have to pay taxes. But Abraham Lincoln doesn't pay taxes anymore, right? Because he's dead. He's no longer bound by the law. right? I found this sign. I took a picture of this sign. You know where this sign is in town? I took a picture of this this week. $500 fine for trespassing from sunra- sunset to sunrise. You know where that is? Where? Cemetery. It's in the cemetery. That applies to everybody except for the people who... The people that are buried there, right? They're dead, and so they no longer are subject to this law that says you will be fined $500 if you're here between sunset and sunrise, right? So the, law, the principle is very simple. The principle is that the law is not binding to you if you've died. So he shares that example. The example that he shares in verses 2 and 3 is somebody that's married. When you're married, that's a there's there's a legal um, contract that you have with one another, right? It's more than that, but there is that as well. That 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 when you're married, you're legally then bound to this person in some way. But he's just sharing the example. But I- if a woman's husband dies, she's no longer legally bound to him in marriage, right? That's the example that he uses to just make this principle quite clear to the people that if you are dead you're no longer bound to the law okay so so that's the principle but then you might be wondering okay so so what does that mean then like if i'm dead i'm no longer bound to the law let's look at verses four to six where it really talks about what that means specifically for christians verses four through six living the free life by the spirit not the law look at verse four verse four is a long verse And it talks about how we relate to God and bear fruit. And it's not by following the law, it's by being in Christ. So, Romans chapter 7, verse 4 says this, Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law. Now, when he's saying also, remember that all through chapter 6, he was telling them, what have they died to in chapter 6? You've died to sin, right? Right? So you used to be a slave to sin, and now you've died to sin, he told them in chapter 6. And now he adds to it. Remember, the Jewish Christians especially are thinking, well, what about the law, though? And Paul just tells them in chapter 7 now, you've actually not only died to sin, you've died to the law. By being united with Christ in faith, you've died to sin and you've died to the law. See that there in verse 4? Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ, so that. So there's a purpose. Here's why you've died to the law. So that you may belong to another. Who? To him who has been raised from the dead, Jesus. Okay? In order that we may bear fruit for God. Now, somebody might be tempted to think, especially if you grew up, uh, under the law. you grew up, Maybe you grew up, maybe you weren't Jewish growing up, but maybe you grew up with kind of a legalistic kind of mindset. And so, so you have it ingrained into you that if you want to bear fruit for God, if God's going to do good things through you, then you need to make sure that you're doing everything right. And if you would do everything right, then God will work through you. Like if we would just get it all together, then God could work through us, right? And so the application of verse 4 can't be, though, if I get it all right, then I'll bear fruit for God. That's not what you read in Romans chapter 7, verse 4, right? That's not what you read when Jesus, in John chapter 15, we have Jesus recorded as saying this, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So, us bearing fruit for the gospel is not dependent on us putting ourselves under the law. Right? That, that, that we have to become legalistic in some way in order to bear fruit for God. Our bearing fruit for God is dependent on our union with Christ. That we would be people, as Jesus says, to abide in Him, right? That we would belong to Him, according to Romans 7, verse 4. I don't know about you, I I think that's good news. It's good news that God's not going to wait and do some work through me and bear fruit once I finally have gotten myself to a point where I'm following everything that He's commanded perfectly. I'm seeking to be obedient and faithful to Him for sure. He's doing that work of sanctification in me, for sure. Right? But his bearing fruit, my bearing fruit, is not dependent on whether I have everything right. And and so that's why we encourage people to be involved in ministry in the church, saying, "Look, we don't have, like, well, I I, I don't have a great knowledge of the Bible. Well, great. We're going to keep learning together. uh, And and you're still capable of serving. Um, Right? So, so we don't have to get it all right prior to bearing fruit. We just need to be in Christ. Right? Verse 5 tells us what the law did. Verse 5, for while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. Paul's now again referring to the here's what we used to be like. We used to be, his word for not being in Christ is being in the flesh. Okay? We used to be in the flesh, and, and we had sinful passions. And what we used to do is we used to just obey those sinful passions because, remember from chapter 6, sin was our, we were a slave to sin. Sin was our master. And so, we were, and so some people would think, well, I know the answer, and I've seen this so many times as a pastor, that people who have come out of a life where they've just sinned in any way they wanted to sin, that, that they turn from that thinking that the answer to my sin problem is I just need to have a lot more rules in my life. And if I just have a lot more rules in my life, then I won't follow my sinful passions anymore. I need to put myself under the law. Right? And that's not what Paul is saying. In fact, did you see what it says in verse 5? Sin was never in t- or The law was never intended to fix the sin problem. Right? The law was never intended to fix our sin problem. In fact, look at what Paul says. Now, a Jewish person would have been like, what are you saying, Paul? What did the law do, he said? It aroused our sinful passions. It's like it stirred them up. It, like The law almost made us want to sin even more. I was th- as I was reading this, I was trying to think of how would I understand that. In eighth grade, uh, we had this one teacher on whom... Many of the students, especially those who tended to be quite disrespectful and rebellious, they loved to play pranks on this one particular teacher, right? And, and that was just their tendency. They would find ways to, to make her teaching life miserable. I wasn't included in that. Uh, but there was this group of students that, 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 that did that. I think if Mrs. Schultz would have come up with a law that says something like, thou shalt not use the stapler as a weapon, what do you think that would have done to those kids? Like, oh, never thought of that. I, I think I will now use the stapler as, uh, as a weapon, right? Um, or whatever it would be, right? That, that sometimes when our tendency is already to drift off into sin and to follow our sinful passions— Paul's saying it's like the law almost arouses that kind of thing, right? It doesn't fix the. He's just trying to get across the point. Please, please, please don't think that the law is going to fix the sin problem. It's not. And then verse 6. Verse 6 says this contrast, but now, but now, anytime you see, I've told you this before, anytime you see a but now in scripture, typically some really good news is coming after that, right? But now, we are released from the law, released from it, having died to that which held us captive so that we serve in the new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. That's what Paul is trying to communicate. Listen, we're governed in a different way now. We're we're no longer liberally sinning in whatever way we want to sin, nor are we legalistically, self-righteously presenting ourselves to God as those who deserve His grace. We're, We're here. We're people who have received the good news of Jesus and by His grace have been made right with God. And we are set free from sin and set free from the law To live in the grace of Jesus Christ and to share the gospel with others. And so, that's it. That's all I'm doing today. Just kind of an introduction to Romans chapter 7. Here's the good news in all of it. In Christ, we are free from the burden of the law to live and serve and bear fruit by the Spirit. So we see in Romans chapter 7, 1 to 6, There's a lot more coming in Romans chapter 7. For those of us who tend towards, and I think at different times in our life we all do this, who tend towards legalism, I think there's going to be a lot of stuff as we go through Romans 7 that's going to be really helpful. And as we get to the end of Romans 7, I'm kind of jealous that Keith gets to preach in two weeks on the end of Romans 7. It's a passage I've gone to a lot. You remember the passage at the end of Romans 7? That's the part where Paul says, like, Here's what I want to do, but I don't do what I want to do. I do what I don't want to do, and I don't like. He's talking like that because that's the way we feel sometimes, right? So we're gonna get there by the end of chapter seven. I think these next couple of weeks are going to be extremely applicable to you, and then in three weeks we'll be in. Romans 8 and we're going to spend like 5 or 6 weeks going through Romans 8. Many people say that this is this is one of the most important chapters in all of the Bible. Many people's favorite chapter in the whole Bible. And so, I've actually got some people in the church, some people in the church are working on memorizing all of Romans chapter 8 so that each week that we go through it, somebody's going to come up here and they're going to recite the whole of Romans chapter 8 to us so that we hear the whole context each week. So I'm looking forward to that. If you want to join them in that, um, just working on that on your own, I'd encourage you to do that, to, to work on memorizing Romans 8. And I think it'll make it a lot more meaningful uh, when we get there here in a couple of weeks. But um, don't miss out on opportunities to be together as we meet around God's Word on Sunday mornings, and then we do it again in our life groups that night. And again, if you're not in a life group and you're interested in being in one, let me know, and we can still certainly get you in as they're just getting going. Uh, good news, in Christ we are free from the burden of the law, to live and serve and bear fruit by the Spirit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you uh, that that it is not you are not uh, dependent on us getting our lives together and getting everything right before you would work through us. But you, by your grace, have initiated a relationship with us. You have set us free from our bondage to sin, and you've given us new life in Christ. We're new people who are no longer enslaved to sin, nor are we any longer enslaved to the law. And so, God, I thank you for your grace and your kindness toward us in every way. I pray that as, as our groups get together now throughout the week and seek to apply your word, God, I pray that, that the gospel would shine bright in our hearts and in our minds, I pray that that would be the case even as we go out into this community um, for the rest of this week, that that the light of Christ would shine through us in some way, not because we're people that have it all together, but because we're people who have experienced your incredible grace. We've heard the gospel, and by your grace we've responded with repentance and faith. And our desire is that we would be sanctified. It is that we would be changed from the inside out. We know that's not going to come as we submit ourselves again to the law. But it's going to come as we submit ourselves to you, abiding with you in all things, depending on you to be our righteousness and to to cause sanctification to happen in us. We're dependent on you for all things. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing a song uh, about that, that, uh, that a plea with God. It comes right out of one of the Psalms. Uh, And it's a plea with God, God, give us clean hands. Can you come and do that work in us that we might be faithful to you? And so we're going to sing about that as we close together. So go ahead and stand.